When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Welcome into another edition of Beyond the Hill on the Hilltopper Nation Podcast Network. I'm Tyler Eaton. Thank you for joining us. If you missed our latest episode with WKU track and field rising senior Dartes Hamlin, you can find that in all past and future editions of Beyond the Hill at wkusports.com slash podcast, as well as all major streaming platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. This episode's guest is WKU Assistant Director of Strength and Conditioning, Hong Tran. Tran attended St. Leo University in Florida, where she graduated in 2015 after playing as a goalkeeper on the soccer team. Before coming to the Hill in 2017, Tran worked at the University of South Florida, where she worked with women's basketball and football. Now at WKU, she works with soccer and women's basketball and has also gone on to earn another degree in 2019. In our interview, we'll discuss what it's been like for WKU strength coaches over the course of this pandemic, as well as the importance of maintaining normalcy with the athletes. We'll also talk about Tran's decision to go into the strength and conditioning field and the struggle she has faced as a woman in a male-dominated profession. Without further ado, let's go beyond the hill with WKU Assistant Director of Strength and Conditioning, Hong Tran. Hong, I know this has been a difficult time for all of us. I don't know, perhaps if difficult is the term more so than perhaps different, but what have the last few months looked like for you during this pandemic, not just your personal life, but your job as well, trying to work with athletes and provide some kind of normalcy for them as all this has been going on? You know, it's... uh... It's it's been uh, different, you know. Uh, it's uh, it's been a uh, 
a curveball, like we just spoke about. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, been trying to pretty much uh, build relationships with the kids and make sure that we know that we're there for them. And then most importantly, you know, everything's kind of gone uh, virtual. So, um, you know, we didn't miss any days. Uh, as soon as, uh, you know, we, we had to go home, uh, we immediately, you know, gave them a little break. But after that, we just got online with them and made it work. You know, uh, they've been working with uh, grocery groceries, grocery bags, broomsticks, <laughs> any household items that they have. Um, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And, and you know, um, that's pretty much what we, what we instill in these kids. And, um, you know, we, for me, um, you know, it's kind of normal routine for me. I'm a routine person, and, and routine is key for me to be successful. So, you know, nothing's changed. Um, and for those kids, we've tried to keep as normal as we can, so their schedules hasn't, haven't changed, their intensity hasn't changed. Uh, if we're able to get a hold of them and, and um, they're willing uh, to, to hop on virtually or they just ask to do so, we're, we're there. Um, you know, as a strength conditioning coach, we don't we don't work a nine to five job, um, right. you know. So we're we're there for them twenty four seven, and if they want to get better, we're there for them. We're there for them to get better. And um, if they're like, "Hey, coach, you mind if uh, you give me a workout?" Absolutely, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, so that's our field is based on creativity, and I think we've really, really, really thrived in this environment. Um, a lot of people have had hard, you know, um, have been hit hard, and they haven't been able to adapt to the mm-hmm. current um, circumstances, but I think we've been able to really, really thrive in this environment. Now, I want to go back to that point you made in terms of your job not being just a nine-to-five job, because I think when a lot of people perhaps think of strength and conditioning coach, they just think you show up while they're in the gym, help them lift some weights, and that's it. But what all does go into your job, and what was it that pulled you to being in a job that is so demanding and is a job that, like you said, isn't just something you have set times to show up and then leave. Anything could happen at any time with your job. Yeah, so strength and conditioning coaches wear a lot of hats. Uh, I mean, you you name it and wear it. Um, but the main reason for this is to serve and and um, make sure that we're we're creating or helping, aiding in, in creating better people, you know, uh, making sure that we have them ready to take on anything that life, you know, presents to them once they get out of this uh, um, being a student athlete or whether they go on to be a pro. Um, You know, we we try to help them grow up. Uh, We try to make sure that they have a path, you know, that that, um, they're going to be successful. And and anything that life throws to them, they're going to be able to succeed and push through. Um, So, you know, Getting into this field, it was, it's a, like I said, you know, it's serving and making sure that these kids are well taken care of and that they grow to be better human beings. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's not just lifting weights and uh, running them, you know, getting them ready to take on a season. It's more than that. It's, uh, it's about building relationships, getting them to, to trust us, you know, uh, teaching them what loyalty is, respect, uh, showing up on time, um, just things that they're going to encounter in life and, and um you know, I take pride in those things. I take pride in, I don't take, I take pride in athletes and making sure that they, you know, we win championships and everything. But the biggest thing is making sure that they're going to grow to be a amazing human being and that they're going to be able to take on everything that life presents to them. Uh, once they, you know, pick up their stuff and they're done here and they move along to the next chapter in life. Um, but 
you know, it's uh, it's instilling values and culture, you know, through through a sport and um, and just making sure that, you know, they grow as people and they know that we're here for them. And in order for us to even get them to do an exercise, they got about they got to be bought into who we are. Yes. Um, you know, if if they don't know that we care for them, they're not going to show up. Right. So, you know, um, initial impression be like, okay, Coach Hong's high energy. And, and I always talk to them about, you know, it's um, we wake up and we're able to see, we're able to work out, we're able to do all these things that other people may have not, you know. So it's about being grateful and, um, and being ready to take on this opportunity. But, you know, I'm a very, uh, very high energy person, mm-hmm. very, um, very real person, very honest. Uh, I, I don't, I'm a real model for them. You know, I, I aim to be a role model, but at the, at the end of the day, it's, it's uh, knowing that for them to know that I care for them and then for them to buy in, into the program that we're trying to create and the culture that we're trying to put in place. Now, I'm glad that you bring up the high energy. I figured I wouldn't have to. I'm glad you did bring it up because that is one thing I've heard from everybody. And just from talking to you, I can tell that is what you are about. You're about the high energy and quote-unquote bringing the juice. Absolutely. Why is that so important? <laughs> Why have you made it such a priority to convey that to the athletes and have that be that first and lasting impression that comes across from you to them? It, it's a, um, a lasting impression. It's pretty much, you know, like getting them to understand that regardless of what they're going through, you know, everything's going to be okay. You know, you're going to make it through this workout and you're going to be fine. Um, you know, it's a, the energy that you instill in others it, it, and the people that surround you, it, it passes on to people. Um, so that's what I aim to be. You know, I am to be a high-energy person that brings a positive environment, I mean, positive attitude, uh, you know, that grit, that hustle, that grind. Like, I, I want to make sure that I am leading via example, you know, through example. So um, my energy tells people instantly who I am as soon as I walk into a room. And, and I'm, you know, if I, if I enter a room and I'm dragging, people are going to be like, what, how am I supposed to get better if my coach is dragging? Right. You know? So it's like, um, and it's an example for these kids to see, like, if I have great energy, I'm going to have great work ethic. I'm going to do, I'm going to have great, I'm going to have a great session and I'm a, I'm going to kill this session. You know? So it's a, it, I try to make sure that every day, I mean, if, if I was up and down with high energy, low energy, high energy, and low energy, I wouldn't be remembered for that, you know, and, and it wouldn't be a thing that the kids would be like, Coach Hong, what's wrong? You know, I don't want them to think that there's anything wrong to me. I want to be consistent, and I want to let them know that, you know, if you put it, if you put it to your mind, you can be consistent as well. Um, so my high energy is just an appreciation of living and, you know, um, being grateful, you know, being able to live the life that I live and, and being in the job that I love. Now, you, you work in a job that historically and today as well is a, a male-dominated field in strength and conditioning. What were some of the struggles that you faced in terms of not just, I guess, making it in this field, but ultimately making the decision to pursue a job in a field that historically has not been something that has treated women as well as men, although we started to see that shift what was that dynamic like for you, and what does it continue to be like for you? Oh, man. So, you know, um, from the start, you have to be 10 steps ahead. Um, you got to prove yourself every day. 
And, you know, at no point can you really take any breaks. Um, you know, presence is key. So that, you know, plays a big high energy for me, plays a big role in who I am. Like I said, um, you know, when I walk into a room, whether I'm walking into a room full of men or women, it's who I am. And people, you know, presence equals respect. If you walk in with, you know, high presence and people are like, oh, who's that? Um, so I take pride in that. And um, I'm never intimidated by any male figure, uh, whether they're 500 pounds, 600 pounds, 300 pounds, 185 pounds. Um, <laughs> yeah, women in the field, you can't be intimidated because if you are, you know, it's like, um, I hate to put it like this, but people prey on you, mm-hmm. you know, they'll keep doubting you and they'll be like, oh, she's not going to make it. And even so I had uh, my experience with football. And, you know, every day uh, it's people telling you, like, you're a woman. Like, what are you doing? Why are you working football? Like, women shouldn't work football because you're a distraction to males. Well, no, that's not how it works. If you carry yourself uh, a certain way and you um, put a stop to people and, you know, what their thoughts are about women in the field, um, they respect you. Um, And it's all about the way you carry yourself. Presence is key. And how you allow people to talk to you in the field also goes a long way. So as soon as people start doubting you and they're like, you're a female, you have to put your foot down and really let them know who you are. And, you know, for me, I never back down. And I'm sure a lot of people will let you, you know, will let you know and they've experienced um, me in those uh, scenarios. And they'll be like, yeah, Coach Hong really don't let down. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm ready for everything. And um, football really helped me mold into the person that I am today because, you know, I'm dealing with a hundred plus kids and, you know, but the biggest thing, and it's like every day I work with men. Mm-hmm. I mean, a hundred plus men, that's including coaches, players, um, anybody that was in that department uh, on game days, you know, I would, I would go into the, I would be in that room with the coaches, you know, but it was, it was a understanding, a mutual, it, it was respect. They respected me. So they allowed me to, to be in that, same locker room sharing a locker, and, you know, and a lot of women can't, can't speak to that. They can't say that, you know, they were respected enough to share a locker room with men in the locker room to, and, you know, be in that experience of working football. So, like I said, football really molded me, and everybody respected me, and I think, you know, that's where I really learned who I was and, and um and all the struggles that I faced made me who I am. Well, let's dive into that a little bit more. And just to give some context to the listeners, right now at WKU Vort, specifically with WKU women's basketball and soccer, um, but in your time at USF, you worked with women's basketball and, and football, and that's where you talk about that football background and how influential it was on how far you have come uh, within your field. But how different are the two, not just working between the genders, but you mentioned the difference just between the sizes of the teams. Just how different is it working between men's sports and, and women's sports? <laughs> uh, you know, okay, this, this may be surprising or not, but women athletes are a lot tougher than males. Mm. And, and that's not me being biased or anything, <laughs> but from all the athletes I've ever encountered, in regards to toughness, women athletes are a lot tougher than male athletes. And, I, and, and I've trained O-line, D-line, tight end, right. linebackers. Um, uh, it, it, it's not different in a sense because 
you know, I train every athlete the same way that I train anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't change uh, who I am, how I address them. If anything, you know, it's kind of like you get to compare between male and female athlete, and, you know, um, you get to um, kind of X out those myths about women not being able to train like men or women aren't as fast as men or, you know, women aren't stronger as men. It, it, it's a... Uh, if anything, it's a it's a confidence that you keep building on these kids and women, and they're like, nobody can defeat me, whether you're male or female. But I mean, there's really no no different training. Um, they all train to be better, to be faster, to be stronger. Um, so it, it really doesn't change. Um, if anything, the only thing that changes is just you know training, you know the the program that they're on. Uh, obviously, we all train, you know, the athletes that I train, they train to be better basketball players, better football players, um, whatever they need to be better at. But in regards to just as a coach to athlete and um, the way they're being addressed or anything like that, no, everybody gets the same love, same tough love. Now, I do want to ask you one more thing before we wrap things up. You, you talked about this a, a little bit earlier, but I want to uh, deep dive into it, and that is the relationship that you have specifically with the athletes and the bonds that come from that and how rewarding, I think would be the term, it makes the job for you to then, to then see them succeed, not just in athletics, but then in whatever comes after. How important are those bonds that you form with the athletes? Because you're not just seeing them at their peaks, whether they succeed, you're seeing them when they fail as well. You're seeing it when things hit rock bottom and you're the one oftentimes that is being turned to to say, okay, Let's flip this and make something good out of it. How rewarding is it for you then to see that happen? And how difficult can it be sometimes to, to be that person that is being leaned upon in the profession that you're in? Uh, well, first and foremost, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my athletes to allow me um, to see the, the, the best and the worst of them. Um, but being in that position, uh, you know, growing up for me, I wanted – I didn't have an example, so I aim to be an example for these kids today. So, you know, and it's real-life examples. So whatever they're going through, and, and um, like I said, at their best or worst, I'm, you know, being here for them is something that, for me, is like paying it forward. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rewarding field when you, when you see these kids, you know, wanting to be um, – not necessarily like you, but learning from what we're teaching them. Um, and, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it just feels amazing. It, I don't even know how else to put it, but, <laughs> you know, um, being able to, to help and mold uh, these kids is just something that, that I'll think back later in life and I'll be like, these are the kids that I helped. I ate, you know, like I, I, I helped them. Uh, become who they are, or, you know, I had a little bit to do with it. I, I'm fine with that because, I mean, we got to think about it. Um, life is not guaranteed, so we at least want to touch as many people as we can in the right manner. Mm. Um, you know, whether it's being a light in their darkest days or, you know, showing them the light um, where it's, you know, like it, there's a light at the end of the t- tunnel, so just being for, being there for them and and just allowing those kids to be who they are around me. I mean, it I appreciate it and I'm grateful for it, but at the same time, yes, sometimes it can be hard to be in that situation because 
you know, some things these kids really uh, trust you, and at certain points you're in the you're in between. I'm like a Switzerland, so if it's something that I have to address with other people, you know, these kids really trusted me with it, so I have to be very careful right. uh, with what it is that I'm sharing. But sometimes it can take a toll on you, you know. Um, everybody comes comes with me with you know whether it's problems or achievements and. And, you know, just being there for them, it's, um, it can be mentally fatiguing at points because you have so many people that you have to deal with. But at the end of the day, you know, like I said, I take pride in making sure that everybody's taken care of. And that's something that I want everybody to, to make sure that they know. And whether it's a stranger or not, like, I'm going to be there for them. And, you know, I've always been that solid rock for anybody and everybody. So, you know, if you were having a bad day and you needed to talk to somebody, you can come to me. I got you. Um, but like I said, it's it's a it's something that's rewarding and but you know, obviously it I, I it it's uh I'm grateful for it and you know, grateful to for to be in those situations and um and and, and in that position, really. Well Hong, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Continue to stay safe, stay healthy. I know you just like me are, are ready to get some kind of normalcy back and we're getting ever so closer by the day. But until then, I, I know that whatever comes at you and, and the rest of the WKU athletic staff and the athletes as well, I know you guys have got it under control. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. A big thank you to WKU Assistant Director of Strength and Conditioning, Hong Tran, for joining us on Beyond the Hill. Another reminder, if you've missed any past episodes or you want to make sure you're in the loop on upcoming episodes of Beyond the Hill or anything else going on on the Hilltopper Nation Podcast Network, visit wkusports.com slash podcast. As always, stay posted to WKU Sports social media for information on upcoming episodes, guests, and other events and stories within Hilltopper Nation. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on Beyond the Hill on the Hilltopper Nation Podcast Network.